Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check for the puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments notice, at arm's length, the point of the line, Hughes, Jones! First career NHL goal, Quinn Hughes makes it 1 0. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, Hockey Season, all one word, at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Go check them out on all platforms, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Go check out Zephyr Epic. We are also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Use promo code ConvoDD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, ConvoDD, that... We'll get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order on the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli. I am joined, as always, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Chris, no no 10 minutes where we're going to talk about other stuff here. Like, we're getting right down to business here. Sure, but first of all... Oh, here we go. From Nanaimo to Nipigon. Zephyr Epic does ship free anywhere in Canada anywhere on orders Canada. over fifty dollars. That is what Chris is trying to say. I think people enjoy the people. Cities. People do enjoy it, but we we I have a lot to it. get to. Yeah, me too. We have a lot to get to, Chris. We have a lot to talk not about. Not going to spend any time on lunch. No, we're not. We're not going to spend any time we on lunch? lunch at the Parallel Forty Nine Street Kitchen. Fantastic! Everybody, go check it out. But Chris, we got to get right down to business. I just got to say that dip oh that comes gosh. with the wings there, Parmesan dip on the side. Oh, sweet Man, parm dip. You go ahead. You drop an article at CanucksArmy.com. Great article, by the way. Live right now at CanucksArmy.com from this guy right here, Chris Faber. Um, Put a lot of heavy lifting in building this place. Yeah. I, I really spiced up that article, I must say. I did a really good job editing it. But you, you go check out that article at CanucksArmy.com. I was just saying, 
you come in, you, you drop that in the morning. People are like, oh, man, Faber's going to be bringing the heat. Like, I'm going to make sure I listen to Canucks Convo and make sure I listen to the Canucks warm-up with Faber and Quads on Sportsnet 650 at 3 o'clock on Saturday. I'm going to make sure I do all that because I want to hear this guy give his hot takes. And Chris is like, oh, yeah, lunch was good. It was good. It was a good lunch. You had a muddler's? Okay, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Okay. Like People want to hear us talk about the Canucks well, right now, Chris. Here's the thing. If it was one thing that happened yesterday... Don't get me wrong. A 7-1 loss was one thing for sure. But it's not like it was just one thing that led up to this 7-1 loss. No. It's the season that's been going on so far. The players, the coach, the coaches, the general manager, everyone here has to be to blame for a 7-1 loss. Just a horrible performance to start to finish. And it makes you question who is at fault here. To me, it has to go to the guy at the top. It has to go to maybe not the guy at the top, but the guy who's listening to the guy at the top and working with the guy at the top and Jim Benning. And there's there's only a few different paths that we can go down for the next little bit of this season. If the Canucks continue to play at a record that they have been to the start of the year, like have the Canucks been, have you seen one game this year where you're like, that's Canucks hockey. You hear it so much from Bo Horvat. You hear it from like Tanner Pearson. These guys who are supposed to be the leaders in the room. You hear it from Travis Green. What the hell is Canucks hockey? Because like I, you know, Jim Jim Benning and Bo Horvat have been together since, I guess, since Horvat's got here. Benning's been the GM. Everything that Horvat speaks about when he talks about Canucks hockey, I just don't know what the hell it is. The, the, the way that I could say Canucks hockey would be like inconsistent play. That's yeah. what the the identity of Canucks hockey seems to be. The struggle here is that when you ask the players and when we ask the players, what is this team's identity? You know, they all say the cliche stuff like they're like, yeah, we think we're hard to play against. Like we, we really pride ourselves on that. They're giving up more chances than like, you know, any team in the league over the past three years. And it hasn't. They're not a difficult team to play against. Like, I, I think if you did a player poll around the league and oh, asked who's the most top five who are the top five most difficult teams to play against i don't think any player in the league maybe even on the canucks i don't think they would even put themselves at the top five yeah, of the i league. wouldn't i couldn't see them getting a vote no like look at what the avalanche the avalanche have been struggling right yeah really struggling this year you know okay. you think when vancouver when they see on the schedule that vancouver's coming to town they had to be excited to say you know this is the time we're going to break out of this little slump we got vancouver coming in that's a team we can feast on that and has they to did. be how they thought. And they did. And they, they have no did. Nathan McKinnon. That was the Avs without Nathan McKinnon. Like, let that sink in. That wasn't even the best form of the Avs. And I think the struggle is like, okay, this is how I would look at it. Jim Benning isn't to blame for a 7-1 loss against the Avalanche. Not 100%. Yeah, he put together the roster that's gotten there. But you look at the season that they've had, the seasons that they've had under Jim Benning, those are a lot to blame to Benning. The, the losses, the the way the roster has been constructed, the defense falling out completely against Abbotsford, but a seven or against uh, the Avalanche, sorry. But a 7-1 loss, like looking at it just at that one game, you, you got to think that the players just, like they have to be giving up on the coach. Listen, if, the, if Travis Green is preaching whatever his game plan is and his strategy to go out there and win games, you need to actually go and win some games for you to believe that what he's telling you works and after watching that 7-1 loss against the avalanche 
if if everything that they have been working towards and want to get on this big road trip and everything that the coach has been preaching throughout practice, they got a decent amount of practice time last week on their homestand. And then that is the first thing you do on the road trip. To me, that's uh, the players were bad. All the players were bad. There wasn't one good Canuck in that game. Niels Huglander had his moments. And I think he got the goal too. I don't even know who got the goal. But a 7-1 loss, as much as it should be on the players, a lot of it to me needs to be on the coach as well. Oh, absolutely. Like, here's the thing, folks, is when we when we come out here and you just said you think most blame should be on Jim Benning, we're not trying to say Travis Green doesn't deserve any blame because absolutely he does. Because here's the thing, folks. This isn't about one seven one loss. This is about the past eight years. Three head coaches, okay? Three head coaches. And look, I get it. They had the partial rebuild years. I get all that. This is about eight years of this mediocrity with this management regime. And it is also about the past three or four years, however long it's been with Travis, where, you know, up there with the worst winning percentage among any Canucks coach in history. Like, again, I completely understand that those teams were bad when he first got here. And give him credit, he did get the most out of a lot of those teams. I look at the Derek Dorsett year, for example, as a year where Travis really did get the most out of a roster. And, you know, he hasn't been given much is the main thing, right? But now... I think we all kind of look at this roster and say, okay, this is a, like, look, here's the thing, is people are now saying like, oh, well, everybody thought the roster was great. No, a lot of the, all the models still projected the Canucks to miss the playoffs with the current roster that they have. You don't make the playoffs with this defense group. You just don't. Yeah, the forward group and the goaltending to me is, though, like, it is a playoff forward group it's a playoff goaltending pair that you have yeah and the defense i think can be snuck into the playoffs with the roster that they have And here's the thing chris is this is the main issue with this canucks team is for them to succeed everything has to be firing on all cylinders because right now the five on five defense it's fine like they're they're playing fine at five shockingly fine shockingly fine they're they're playing fine but the top guys aren't doing their part right now and the Canucks don't have a good enough defense group to hold, like, you know, to get them over that hump. They don't have good enough secondary scoring to get them over that hump when the top guys aren't firing as they should be, right? Special teams are just atrocious. Special teams are atrocious, and I just want to get to that. Again, like, this defense group right now, they're missing a few bodies. Like, Madison Bowie just got called up. Jack Rathbone, who wasn't even on the in this lineup a week ago, is going to be playing on the second pair. Like, and he's going to be playing with Kyle Burrows. Who was on the third pair like that? That is where we're at with this defense group. And, you know, obviously, I know Travis Hamannick still needs to get fully vaccinated. And that's obviously holding things back a bit. But man, like us aside from the vaccine thing, because that's obviously kind of a blip, right? Injuries are going to happen. You need depth. You need proper depth. And this Canucks team right now, look like I'm sorry if your roster construction just absolutely hinges on Tyler Mott getting healthy and Brandon Sutter. And don't get me wrong, two great players in the bottom six who are absolutely going to help things. But if your roster construction hinges on those two guys being healthy, namely Tyler Mott, you've done something wrong along the way. And the Canucks have done a lot of wrong along the way. And we know that with this management regime. This isn't about a 7-1 to loss. This is about all the little mistakes and all the little unforced error. It's death by a thousand paper cuts. Well, I mean, at this point in Jim Benning's tenure, yeah, it's been a thousand paper cuts for sure. But I I don't think the depth is actually 
that bad. Like, listen, if you need a guy in a pinch, Madison Bowie can play probably a couple games for you in the NHL. But look at the guy who's been, you know, asked to play probably above his level. And a guy and, like Kyle Burrows. I think Kyle not- Burrows is in the same camp as a Madison Bowie where, listen, if you, get, if you need him for a few NHL games every year, fine. But the way that they're going to be putting that much pressure on a guy like Kyle Burrows who doesn't have any NHL history, that's a lot. And I think Burrows has been fine Absolutely. in a lot of the situations that he's been asked to do. But is Burrows now going to... He's going to be a second line. He's going to be your injured. Kyle Burrows is about to be in your top four. And here's the thing with depth, Chris, is when we say depth, we're not just talking about going out and acquiring a bunch of Luke Shens or whatever, right? Yeah. It's from the top down. Tyler Myers is this team's first pairing defenseman. He's played great. Don't get me wrong. And their second pairing defenseman. Well, Tucker Pullman, right? Like Tucker Pullman's brought in and he's playing on the second pair. And have you seen much from Tucker Pullman? Because you're no, not going to see I... anything from him for the next two games because he just got suspended. Yeah, I don't even think Pullman's been that bad. But he yeah, has. He no, Pullman has been. And it's been reflected by his ice time. Travis Green has tanked Tucker Pullman's ice time and raised Tyler Myers a lot because he has no other options. That's yep. not a coaching issue. That's a roster construction issue. Yeah. No, I think you're, I mean, you're right with that. And, and seeing Tyler Myers have to now play with OEL to keep OEL afloat and now being asked to do it with Quinn Hughes as well. That's a lot to ask for Tyler Myers. He's going to crack at some point. You know, like honestly, like Tyler Myers, you love him. Give him props Elite. this year. He has really, st- he's, I think out of all the defensemen on there, I mean, Quinn Hughes, obviously, you're going to get what you want. And Quinn Hughes steps up to the plate every game, it feels like, most games. Yeah. I guess maybe not a 7-1 loss, but Tyler Myers is really stepping up into a big role and should be given some props for what he's been doing so far Absolutely. this season. I mean, just looking forward now, though. Also, like, give him credit. I think a big part of Myers' success is due to OEL. OEL's been a rock. Yep, absolutely. I mean, the top, those three defensemen, you got to be pretty happy with them. Yep. Absolutely. The other three defensemen that you're going to have to skate every night, you know, but how you're much, missing one because because Pullman just swung his stick at a guy's head, and then like not, I wouldn't Nick. call it like you know, it's not like the Donald Brashear swing. Oh, of course, but yeah. still, just to to have that process through your head, like come on, man, that's a stupid move. Yeah, it's a really stupid move to swing your stick and at a guy's head. And I, it's not like I'm not saying a baseball swing, but still just like a soft swing. It's still a hockey stick coming out of guys. Head. He was trying to get untangled. I, I don't really, you know, man, I don't know how don't much know. frustration there was. And you've you've talked to Tucker Pullman. He's a pretty mellow. He's a pretty like sure. But it was know, a little bit of a late hit on him. The guy's hand kind of yeah, got up into Pullman's face. I don't know. When I watch it, I don't think there was a ton of intent by Pullman there. No, he wasn't trying to take his head off. But I do think he was aware that he was swinging a stick at a guy's head. Which is why I think it was yeah. a two-game suspension. That's you fair. can clearly see in the videos, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, so from here, there there are some options. Obviously, these options are big moves to the organization. The one thing that you, if you're sitting there and you're an optimist and you believe that everything is still okay, and that's an option on our poll question, which we'll get to a little bit later. The Canucks need to go 37, 27, and 8 to finish the season. They got it. To have a 50% chance of making the playoffs. Under the under Travis Green, the Vancouver Canucks have had three win streaks over five games. At least five games long. He's had two at five and then one that was, I believe, like seven or eight games of a win streak. Canucks are, haven't had a win streak of over three games this season. And we're 14 games in. On a huge sample size, but damn, 14 out of 82 is a good chunk of the season still. We're almost at the point now where we're talking about a quarter of the season. 
and the Canucks have not tied together three wins at any point. I want to I want to believe that this roster can get into the playoffs. I still do believe that this roster is close enough, skilled enough at the front, has one of the best goaltenders in the league, and I've been surprised by how good the top three defensemen are, that it feels like this team has potential to get into the playoffs. I don't know if they can do it this year. They're only that what they're you know, it's crazy to say they're five points out of a playoff spot. We're saying that this early in the year, and I'm only saying this because they still need to go 37, 27, and 8 to get 50%. They're only five points out. People look at the stands like, oh, look at this. Three wins, they're in a playoff spot. They've also like played more games than almost any other team in the league right now. So other teams are going to catch up to them, and everybody around them is winning. Everyone in the Pacific is winning except for them and, and Seattle. The Canucks are second worst in the Pacific right now. At least they're winning the battle of the border. I guess so. Yeah, good for I mean, there's take your wins where you Moral can get victories, them. victories, baby. Yeah, but to me, the first move that needs to be made, and I didn't think it was going to happen this year, but I do think that a coaching change is the first and most step one move that you can make if you're Jim Benning and you're trying to save your job because he's gone if they don't make the playoffs. He's not making that decision. That's ownership's decision. I'm At this I, point, do you think, though? Like, I, I don't think Jim Jim is going to be able to make that decision without ownership. Because if Jim's approval. making the decision, it's Claude Julian coming in. Yeah, but are the pocketbooks open like that for Claude Julian to come in to coach this team? And I don't think he's coming in this well, season. The, I think that's an offseason And that's hire. the thing. If, it is the, if, the, if the real decision is made by money... God, what the hell are we even doing here then? If that's going to be the decision, if the decision to make a coaching change is by Aquilini and it's about money, what the hell is even happening with this organization? They clearly just don't, the owner doesn't give a damn if this team wins or loses. If they go out and they bring in like an AHL coach, listen, what if Brad Hunt steps in? What if Trent Cole steps in? Mike Babcock's cheap. I'm not saying they should yeah. hire Mike Babcock, no. but Mike Babcock is not going to sign for a lot of money if he ever coaches in the NHL again. And... <laughs> Look, I don't even really. Have, I just don't have time for the. the I, I get it. I, I know get that it. people have, and I know you're not pushing it, but I know it's out there that people are saying Mike Babcock would get this team back. Or yeah, I don't know about that one, Chief. I don't <laughs> agree either. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I've seen the name out there. I have time. I have a lot of time for a guy like Bruce Boudreau, who literally is like on his his tour right now to become to get back into the NHL as a head coach. The dude was on Vancouver radio two days ago. On Sportsnet 650 two days ago, talking to them. He obviously wants to get back to the NHL. Otherwise, he wouldn't be doing this stuff. I have time for Boost Boudreaux, for sure. That's a hard name to say. Bruce. What did I say? Boost. Oh, man. Bruce <laughs> Boudreaux. It's hard to, that's a hard one to say. I wouldn't like that. I really want him to get hired now, just, oh, just to no. hear you have to say it all the time. But, like, I have time for, I have time for Dan Bysma. Biles, Holy cow, what's going on here, Rick? I, I slipped up a couple there. Goodness, that's Dan another, Bilesma. Dan Bilesma. <laughs> that's another. Oh my gosh. You know what he's doing right now? Yeah, coaching the AHL. I only know that because you As, told me, though. He's the assistant coach in the AHL for the Seattle Kraken. I'm going to build a rivalry. Go steal their AHL assistant coach. Huh. But he's another option. Interviewed with the Vancouver Canucks in 2014. You yeah, may nice, remember. nice little tidbit. That lost, you got that. lost it to Willie D, but you know, like, yeah, at least he was there for the interview. That's an option. That's another name. Yeah, Bruce Boudreaux and Dan Bilesma. Yeah, Bilesma. But oh, here's man, the thing: I'm not gonna, is, yeah, is, I don't like those names. Claude Julian, I could say. Here's the thing: is Travis isn't gone yet, right? And I think if he goes, it's going to be an interim head coach, probably Brad Hunt. 
Bradshaw, not Brad Hunt. Why do I see, man, man? I am struggling today. Hot start for Chris today. Brad Hunt comes out of the press box behind the bench in a suit. Hey, anything could be better than what we saw the other night. I like Maybe. talking to Brad Hunt. I would not mind talking to Brad Hunt every day for media. Yeah, yeah, you guys all love Brad Hunt. I I wasn't there for like the Brad media Hunt's availability really nice. at training camp, so I don't have the love for Brad yeah. Hunt like everyone in the media does. Yeah, don't you ever say anything bad about Brad Hunt? I he's, know. Apparently, he's nice not. to the media. Um, what was I saying? Okay, so it was Joe here's the thing is, yeah, I know. Here's the thing is, look, folks, like we're not out here saying fire Travis. We're not out here saying fire Benning. What we are saying is that sometimes change for the sake of change and a new voice is important. And when you look at a management regime that hasn't been able to get the job done, when you look at a management regime whose best year was the year that they inherited the roster from Mike Gillis, and that was the best <laughs> best roster that this team has had. From a pure points in the regular season perspective, that was the best roster this regime has had. Might be time for a new voice. When we look at the bench here, it is very reasonable to believe that this team has given up on Travis Green and is not buying what he's selling. Yeah, that's the thing. They need to have some sort of positive reassurance that what they're trying to do actually works and makes sense. Yeah, and right now you're not getting that at all. You're not getting that at all. And listen... They're going into two games here on the weekend, back-to-back games. They're going into Vegas on Saturday night. They're at Vegas a day early. Probably should have been a day where you could, you know, enjoy Vegas a little bit. Elias Patterson's birthday today. You know, some things that you could go out and maybe not get, you know, go and have a go have a nice day in Vegas. Not a nice night. I think in on the ride to Denver, they must have celebrated early. Well, maybe. I think they would have played with more uh, more effort if they had a couple drinks going into that game, but <laughs> they looked horrible on uh, in a seven one. Like I was watching that game, and I'm just sitting there and, and like jokingly saying, "Oh, they're going to get another two on one here and score." And then it's like, "Oh, there's a two on one. They come down and score." And then it's like, "Oh, well, it's five nothing. They're probably going to make it six. Fifteen seconds later, boom, another goal. It's that like we we work this. This is our job." Like, I think we work pretty hard to to put out content, to do, to write, to put out the podcast. Like, uh, you know, we try pretty hard with all this. Maybe not me. I'm sucking with names this episode. It's not a good episode for me. This is a 7-1 loss for me right here. But I think uh, there was a caller into 650 that I heard the other, uh, last night after a 7-1 loss. And they were saying, if you show up to your job for 14 days in a row and you don't do your job, you're probably fired. <laughs> Like you're probably fired. Yeah. Now these guys are making millions of dollars, and how many of them haven't shown up in the last two weeks? Yep. No, I think it's fair. It's obviously different. They have a contract. They they're protected by the NHLPA. Get yourself a union if you get a chance, folks. <laughs> Could you imagine if they just show up? It's like you know what? Take you the, haven't scored lately. The you're, NHLPA you're fired. is done. The un- there's no more unionized. You can just get fired like it's the NFL. <laughs> I mean, yeah. To me, like the first step and the step that I think is going to happen first here, like there's, there's two steps that can, there's two things that can happen over the next week. They can win all of their games, which is, I sure as hell hope it happens. Cause hell listen, yeah. man, going into the season, I had high hopes for the playoffs. I think we even said on the show that like, if they don't make the playoffs this year, we're switching to Toronto blue Jays show. <laughs> Cause God damn are the blue Jays exciting. 
and fun they to talk about. They didn't make the playoffs either. Well, they, they're still freaking exciting anyway. <laughs> from one playoff failure to another. Well, whatever. Like, there's, there's actually some things. I mean, there's things to be excited about. With we both should teams. just call it the runner-up, runners-up podcast and just, you know, yeah, cover all the teams that show. just missed the playoffs. Yeah, runners-up podcast. No, I mean, we're not even getting to that point right now. Anyways, the team's not going to be a runner-up. But, <laughs> like, that's the option. They can go on a win streak. They can go on a big win streak here, and everything can turn around, and everything can be great. And you know what? That can happen. That can happen in sports. But for everything that we're following this year, what would lead you to think that that's a real possibility? I'm gonna I'm gonna come out here and be Mr. Positivity and say that one that is a real possibility. Sure, but it is. If it happens, it's only because everything is firing on this on all cylinders at the same time. Like I have no doubt Thatcher Demko is not going to take a step back. I've, I've said that since last year and i got criticized for it whatever not a big deal but i don't think that Demko's taking a step back i don't really think the five on five defense is going to take a huge step back but if something were to though that would if probably something be were it. to one injury all it takes is one injury and this team's done and i guess like elias Pettersson can't take a step back because he's already up against the wall he can't go yeah, back no, any there's, further there's nowhere further back watching that watching him play like he might have been the worst canuck yeah, on he was he was very bad yesterday and travis doesn't name names in his post-game interviews but he was talking about how there were a lot of guys that didn't show up today last night on thursday when they played that's what he said there was nobody there was a few guys that didn't show up not going to name names but he did mention as well the top guys need to start being the top guys like you look at Connor McDavid in Edmonton, scores that huge goal against the Rangers. The post-game quote is just, I don't really know what to say. Like, I'm paid big money sure. to score big you know, but, goals, and that's what I do. And that's Connor freaking McDavid. But, like, look at the look at the avalanche. Look at when Nathan McKinnon, their best player, is gone. Look at the control and confidence and just how Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen and who was freaking Josh O'Connor. Hey, even he's having a good game. But like you look at their stars and their top players, they went out and took that game. Miko yep. Rantanen, every single shift that dude had, he looked dangerous. Kale McCarr, every time the puck touched his stick in the offensive zone, he looked dangerous. He was skating circles around the five defenders that the Canucks had on the ice, literally skating a full circle around the rink with the puck. No one's even stepping in to do anything. And on top of that, who is it that got hit pretty hard? It was one of the fourth line guys got hit in the back and there was a penalty for it, a boarding call. You hold Lamico's on the ice. It might've been Justin Bailey. who took the hit or it might've been, no, it was Dowling. Dowling took the hit. You got Justin Bailey on the ice. You got you hold Lamico on the ice. I don't even know which defenseman on the ice. Lamico was the one that was clearly right beside the play. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. You're losing that bad in a hockey game and the player on your team gets hit in the back and on a clip on a clear penalty that was called. And he just kind of skates over there and just leans into the player. The give a bleep meter for this team was low on Thursday. Yeah. And Thursday that is- to me is a hundred percent, like maybe not a hundred percent, but a lot of it's a lot of it, a very high percentage of it. That's on the coach when you go out and lose seven one. And that's why I think if they lose this weekend, I don't know if green's back when they get back from this road trip. No. And if they lose both these games, I don't think Green's back when they get back on the homestand here. This is what I will say. Brad Hunt can coach. Brad Shaw can coach. Any of them can coach. This is what I will say. Trent Cull can get the call up. Yeah, this is what I will say. The call up. Okay, relax. This is what I will say is if there is anybody that's going to be fired, and we'll get to this in the poll question, I do think it's Travis Green. Not saying that's what I think should happen. I'm saying that if anybody's going to get fired, it's going to be Travis Green. Whether you agree with it or not, you have to at least see 
if these players will start playing for another coach. Because right now, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility to say that Travis Green has lost this locker room. No, and I think the question was asked. Like, Farhan asked the question He did yesterday. a great job asking that question. He did. He, he phrased it in the best way possible, and Travis is going to We all knew what the answer was going to be. No, of course. He was worried about next game. Yep. Sure, you can worry about next game, but I'll tell you what. If that's going to be your answer on Thursday night, you better, you know, I'm trying to, not to swear here. You better damn right show up to Saturday's game, like you said. Because if you don't, and you, that question, and that just question has been boiling over since the the post game against Colorado. You go through that Vegas game, and the not it doesn't even have to be the same score. But man, if they lose like four one, absolutely, we know the answer to the question. He's lost the room if the if they show up in Vegas or if they don't show up in Vegas, he's absolutely lost the room if that's what happens. And then yeah. you're, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose to Vegas if that happens. You go into Anaheim. They just beat you last week. I, like I said, if they lose both these two games here, heads are going to roll. And even if they win these two games here, it's not even enough. Like it's not enough to really say that everything's okay. No, it's we're not. at the we're so early in the season, and we're saying that these like one game has completely wrecked this team, and now two wins can't even get them close to back on track. It's, yeah, exactly. And the one thing I wanted to add to my earlier point is, yeah. I think Travis is going to be the one that gets fired. If anybody gets fired, I still am not convinced that there's going to be any changes made. Uh, just again, Travis, if they just win, let's just say the way that this, the way that the Canucks record goes, let's say they win one. Let's say they win Vegas. They lose to Anaheim. Nothing, nothing happens. Nope. Nothing happens. They lose that. both to something. Happen. No, but then if they come home and lose to Colorado, something happens. There's going to be booze. There's going, there was fire green chance at that game against New York before it got turned around. Hmm. Right? Like, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. We're, the pressure is getting turned back And the back fan base, up. is it's going to be able to be heard now. Yeah. Right? And, and here, here's the thing, Chris. They have fans back in the arena, man. Yep. Here's the thing is, what I was just saying is, yeah, Travis is probably going to be the guy to get fired midseason. But if they don't make the playoffs, I think it's been clear to everybody in this market. I think it's been clear to everybody in that organization. This is Jim Benning's final year as general manager of the Canucks if this team doesn't make the playoffs. No questions asked. And I think a coach is easier to find a replacement for during the season exactly. than a general manager. Exactly, which is why I think it's it's Travis that goes first. Yep. And if if it's, I don't know. We're gonna get. I want to see what the results of the poll question are. Yeah, so we'll get to that on the other side. We'll get into your guys' response to the question that Chris and I basically just touched on a bit there. On the other side of the break, we'll get into the poll question. So keep it locked. Keep it loaded on Canucks conversation. Muddlers, Muddlers Pink Lemonade. We are so excited. To tell you guys about Muddler's Pink Lemonade. My drink of choice. You guys have all seen it by now. Faber and I went out drinking. That was my uh, drink of choice. First night. I think that the catchphrase for this ad has to be. It's the only alcohol that Quads likes. Absolutely. It's so good. It's absolutely the best pink lemonade on the market. By far. A lot of these other drinks are just a little too sweet for me. Like I I don't really like that. And this is like a nice mix. Because I also don't like when it tastes too much like alcohol. But this is like. The, the perfect balance. There's a reason that it was the drink I got when we went to the Parallel Street Kitchen as well. It, absolutely, man. It is the sweet spot for quads in the alcoholic beverage realm. You can find it, like you said, at Parallel 49 Street Kitchen and in a ton of liquor stores. All the BC liquor stores have it. It's the bright pink cans, Muddler's Pink Lemonade. Go out and try it today. Alert, alert. Parallel 49 is bringing back one of its favorite beers of the winter. The Salty Scott is back, folks. 
The Scotch Ale we all know and love is now available across British Columbia in their government and private liquor stores. Enjoy a strong caramel flavor, a salty bite, and a generous 7.5% alcohol. It only takes one of these tall boys to get the night going. So go out and try a Parallel 49 Salty Scott today. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Speaking of which, Chris, it's time for our poll question. Brought to you by Blue Orca Sports Memorabilia at Fuel the Fan on Twitter. Folks, Christmas is coming up. Go buy the Canucks fan in your life some memorabilia. A lot of good stuff there. Go check them out at Fuel the Fan on Twitter. Definitely go check them out. Good people there at Blue Orca Sports Memorabilia. We'll get to the poll question now. We said, because I'm angry was not an option on this poll. We know you're angry, but what changes would you like to see? Fire the GM? Fire the coach, fire both, or nothing, wait and see. Chris, 25% say fire the GM, 9% say fire the coach. A whopping 58% running away with this one say fire both, and 8%, somehow 8% of people out there still saying nothing, wait and see. And you know what? If the question was, what do you think is you're going to see? I think the options with the two fewest votes are going to be what actually happens in the immediate future. And that's either nothing, wait and see, and fire the coach. For the people that answer nothing, wait and see, like how much how much longer do you think people can wait? 11-year plan. Remember we had an episode called Jim Benning's 11-year plan? Yep. And yes, Caleb on Twitter. Caleb's saying you can't really evaluate until the Longo recapture comes I don't know, man. I think things are even bad with Caleb. I've seen him. He's tweeting about the Abbotsford Canucks now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Might have to get him out there. Which we'll get to later. I was on the ground again there today. Yeah. Also, Caleb's Caleb's coming on to Canucks Army. Yeah, there is a plan in place for Caleb to write an article for Canucks Army. I like Caleb, but I like this Caleb is going to be interesting. Yeah. I'll tell you that. You we know. were told we need more positivity, so I brought Caleb on. Yeah. Well, to get back to the poll question, you know, people want to see change in this fan base. It's very clear. It's very clear if you're looking online, if you're looking at how people are reacting in the comment sections on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere, where, anywhere where there's comments and fans can have their voices heard. They're making it pretty clear that this fan base is tired. Like this fan base is tired, man. They just have not gotten enough things to be happy about in the eight years of Jim Benning as a, as a general manager. And I've like, I've given this guy so many different chances to just think that things were going to start to turn around and still like maybe things can turn around, but man, there can't be many more chance. There has to be zero more chances, no more chances, no more runway as you very nicely put it this morning in your column. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, I just, I just, I don't know how, how much further down this road they can go. Like I said, there is no more runway. This is, this is it. This, this is, is the it. roster. This is Jim Benning's team. The only player on this roster that wasn't acquired by Jim Benning is Bo Horvat. That's how long he's had. Who's been the best the player. The captain of the team and the best player of the team is the only player that Jim Benning himself did not handpick and acquire. And you know what's the problem is? All these, the spot that Jim Benning is traded away assets, traded away things that could have helped in the future, traded away things that could have maybe helped you make better trades, bring in, let's say the Canucks had some extra seconds or extra firsts right now. Or a Gustav Forsling. 
Sure, but even just the extra draft picks, if they would have had some right now, maybe that's what you use to go get yourself a third-line center who makes Pod Colson and Garland become an actual scoring line yep. instead of Dickinson. And then Dickinson could be a great fourth-line guy, a great fourth-line guy. Then Tyler Ma comes back, you'd be looking at a lot of things. Or when you have to address the defense core. This is what they depth don't have means. anything to do it. This is what depth means, folks. Like exactly what you're saying, Faber. It's not just going out and getting six Yuho Lamicos or you know the Sea of Grandlands. Like depth isn't. Oh, let's go claim Jimmy VC. Let's go get Travis Boyd. That's not depth. Depth is when you have good enough players that the players who were in huge roles before are getting bumped down your lineup. Like take Tyler Myers for example. We're talking about how great he's been. How great would it be if Tyler Myers was doing what he's doing now? with less minutes in a second or third pairing role because there was a better right-handed defenseman in front of him. That's the difference with this team, is the depth. Yeah. No, I I, I mean, I agree with you. And that's like that's why where I the think, roster construction is, right? That's why I think when you look at it this far in, I don't think you can put all, like a lot of... I don't think a majority... I don't even think like a lot of the blame should be on the players. The most of the blame should be on Jim Benning and then there I think should it falls be blame down on players but yeah sure then it falls down to Travis Green next in my book and then it falls down to the players after that yes I think that's the way that my you know and the the thing is like and maybe people are people are very if they have a take that's disagreeing with that I also have time for it because you could point fingers at all three yeah you can point fingers at the GM you can point fingers at the coach you can point fingers at the players all three are valid right now and it just depends let, on who you want to throw more blame on let's not forget the ownership group the ownership group does deserve well, a lot all of the fingers should be at the ownership. Sure. Group too. Okay. They uh, are the ones saying that's fair. Yeah. I, I'm not even including them in that mix because I think Cause they that deserve all of it. <laughs> all of it should be pointed at them for that. And yeah. you know what? To, for them to just not really, it just feels like there's a disconnect between the fan base, the fan base yep. because of the situation that the owner and general manager have put them in. And the disconnect is going like, this is a, a city that loves their Vancouver Canucks, but also loves when the Vancouver, like, well, no, th- this city likes the Vancouver Canucks. The city loves the Canucks when they're winning. Exactly. They're about to be at a point right now where people are going to stop even liking the Canucks. A lot of people have already stopped loving the Vancouver Honestly, Canucks. I, I talk to a lot of casual fans and a lot of my friends know what I do for work and they all ask me and they're like, do the Canucks still suck? I'm like, yeah. They're like, yeah, I haven't watched since 2012. Yeah, no, and that's just going to get worse. Yep. And what's happened since 2012? Jim Benning has happened since, well, I mean, 2014. 2014 but, but still, yeah. you're having the same since then. You get it. I, I mean, mean, they qualified for the playoffs in 2015. Right. And they qualified for the playoffs in 2020. Yeah. But did anyone care? Did any of the casual people care? Did I see people gathering together and I guess they couldn't in 2020, but they still know. did Scott Rhodes. Some sure. people came out. Sure. You started to see, you started to see the remains of the fan base coming right. back. Right? But I remember 2011. Exactly. And those years, like I was, you know, I was a teenager at the time, but it was whose house are we watching the game at? Yep. Where are we all getting together to watch the game? You know, we couldn't go to bars cause I was, like I said, I was a teenager, but whose house we're watching the game at, who has the best man cave to, to go down there and watch or whatever, the biggest TV at the time. Totally. That's what it was all about. I just don't think that's ha- I mean, Obviously, the pandemic's changed. But that's even if the pandemic wasn't happening, I don't think that would be happening very much anymore, no. man. And I think that's there's a lot of mistakes made by this organization every day. But the big ones are just, I think the biggest one is, is not connecting the right way with the fan base or giving the fan. When the fan base makes, this Vancouver fan base is so loud that... Their reactions and the like 
a big majority of their reactions are seen online. Are obviously people are reading what these people are tweeting about, tagging now. Now everyone's just tagging Aquilini in tweets. Yeah, y- you can't tell me. You cannot tell me that he has not seen some of people tweeting at him. Seen some of it, I'm sure. Sure, he, I guarantee he's not seen it all. But I, I have to believe that he's seen some of this and needs to make a decision here because. I don't know how much longer you want to keep going down this road when this road doesn't lead to anything. This yeah, road doesn't lead to the the promised land, unfortunately. And I think that a lot of people knew that in year two. A lot of people knew that in year six. And you don't want to get to... I mean, you're, we're about to be at a point where everybody knows in year eight. Everybody's going to know now. There's a lot of people that bashed a lot of the early things Jim Benning did. And, and totally fair. You know, we don't have to hash out all the trades that he made with the good Bransons or McCann's and everything that was swapped around and, and early trades to, to bring in veteran leadership and high draft picks going out the door when his strength was drafting and those draft picks probably could have done something for a team right now, but we don't have to rehash all that. We've done that enough on the episode. Everybody knows it's just people now, even some of the most optimistic fans have to question what Jim Benning is doing because this isn't the right this isn't the right path to a Stanley Cup. I'm sorry. This might be a path that maybe gets you to a playoff spot and maybe that you know gets Jim another year and then maybe they make the playoffs again next year. Maybe that gets him another year. But it's a bunch of maybes. It's not it's not you don't see where this team is trying to get to with the people that are in charge right now. And to get back to the poll question you have the players on your team that you have and you have a lot of them locked up for long-term you could trade. I mean, you could make trades from this core, but I do think that there's a lot of promise in this core. I just don't think the people that are sending that are, that are putting together assembling the things that are around the core. I don't think the people making that decision are doing a good enough job to have the confidence of a very smart hockey fan base. And that's what I think is going to end up hurting this team and ultimately costing some people their jobs. But man, <laughs> Jim Benning has had a hell of a run avoiding being fired. He's done a hell of a job not getting fired. And I don't know how much longer it can last. Like, I'm not saying that like it's going to happen tomorrow. I'm not saying it's going to happen a month from now or even at the end of the season. Because nothing would shock me with Jim Benning's employment from the Vancouver Canucks anymore. Like nothing would shock me. It wouldn't shock me to see him be the GM for another three years. Jim's 11-year plan. Yeah, then he can show it. I just... There there has to be a... Like, I saw a tweet the other day. It was like, you can't tell me that Harmon Dial as the general manager for the last eight years would be in a worse spot. (laughs) And he's probably right. It's whoever tweeted that out. They're probably right. Like... Harmon would never admit that. No, I know. And Harmon would never say... By the way, Harm. Post living That video that he just posted. Yeah. He's at a beach resort or whatever, <laughs> pool resort in Vegas. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. 20, 21 years old in Vegas. Harmon must be having a good time. Yeah. Harmon and I were, you know, Harmon and I are obviously friends and we, uh, we, we talk a lot about, uh, 21 year old things and going out and that sort of stuff. Okay. And, uh, well, I, I bet he's having a good, I, you know, Harm deserves it. A little oh, vacation does. for him. Yeah. Good Every, for him. Everybody who covers this team deserves it. Yeah, man. I can't wait for December. I got to Edmonton. When I finish school here on the 10th of December. Oh, Patreon man. content. That's when we'll get the, the shots with Harmon going. Oh, I cannot wait for some time off. Like this team just, just, you know what? Like 
Let's not I, try to diverge. Just to too get much. back, to, I just want people to like put them. <laughs> I don't want to do this and make people sad, but like just for a second, just for a second, go, come with me on this journey here. What were your feelings like watching the Canucks when they let in the sixth goal of the game? Did you make it to that point? Like I'm asking the listener here. Well, therapist did they, Chris, did they make it to that point when the when the sixth goal was scored and it was six nothing and the Canucks forwards had five shots? Like, what are you thinking about the team and? If you still believe that this coach, this general manager are the right people for the job, and that's something you're you're about to tweet about that, or you're about to make your voice heard about that, think back to the moment in that 7-1 game. Think back to any moment in that game and, and just remember that. Because that wasn't just one game for the Vancouver Canucks. That was a that just felt like a buildup of everything because yes, they lost, they scored one goal. They were scored on seven times, but I just think back to how many times during the Jim Benning era that we've seen the team get one win in five games or one win in seven games where it's like, are these the real Canucks? Yes. That was just one game, but that one game really felt like just a lot of other things that have happened in the past with this franchise. It just, that was, you know, you talk about ripping the, the scab off of a scar again. That was like a brand new scar just from that one game because it really crushed everything that it felt like this team was sort of working towards here. I just, it's wow. That type of game can just like, it, it just wrecked me, man. Like it did. Like I was like, what am, Dude, what are apathy, we doing here covering this it. team? You got to try it at some time. Try what? Apathy. Like not caring what happens, just yeah. doing your job. That's what I do. I, I've been there for about a year now. See, that's, that's my biggest problem is like, no, yesterday it just it just cracked me. Like it really did. Like I really I really like more than anything with this being our job. God damn, I would love to just like have fun with the players Absolutely. that are going into the playoffs, doing something exciting. And I want like I'm not the person to be the general manager of the Vancouver Canucks, but the person who's making that much money and is put into that position should be doing a way better job than what Jim Benning is doing. It's just like I know that everyone just is like, oh, you just you can't be like armchair GMs. God damn, man! Like, I, <laughs> it's, what what we're seeing right now is that even better? Is it better than an armchair GM <laughs> a lot of the time? Because I don't think so. And I don't know. Even like to me, still like I I still believe that the roster was improved from last year, and I there has to be blame on the coach too. To me, like a, a, the sing, looking at the single game seven one loss, that's on the coach. Seeing what they do on Saturday as a response, that's on the coach. I thought about this on the drive over here. Let's say Jim Benning were to go down to the locker room, being like, hey, guys, this game is really important. This could be the game that saves my job. Do you think any Vancouver Canuck is like, let's play for Jim? Let's keep Jim's job. <laughs> Seriously, do you think any no. player in that whole room is no. like, you hear, you hear that? You hear that? Jim said we got to go play for him. Maybe yeah. Tyler Myers because how much money he's making, but would any player do that? And now, like that, I think that that disconnect is clear. the The worry would be, say they lose these two games, and they go into that first home game, and Travis goes into that locker room and says, "Hey, I need a one thousand percent effort from you guys. I need to see your best game of the season this year." How many players do it at that point for Travis Green? I think more, more than more than Tyler Myers, but. Are there players that wouldn't do it? Like, are there players that wouldn't say, oh, I need to this to be my best game of the year. Travis needs it. And that's when he's lost the room. And I don't think we're far from that. 
No, I don't think so either. Because like you just said, like, yeah, I don't think anybody's doing it for Jim. But are they doing it for Travis? Right now, I think yes. But how much longer exactly. until, until there are point. more no's multiplying in the locker room? Because yep. I bet there are I bet there are a few right now that aren't. Yep. But I think it was evident. I think it was performance last night. And that's the thing. He's going to have a huge pep talk going into this game on Saturday against Vegas. You might you might be able to see it. You might be able to see it on the ice. You know who's going to try his best for Travis? Bo Horvat. Silly Pod Colson. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I don't even want to spend any time talking about how much I love pods in this episode. I'm not going to do it. This is just a not... This is a sad episode. Sad episode, man. I'll talk... Well, I'll be a little, I'll be a little more upbeat now. Talking about the prospects. Are we going to get to that? Yeah, let's do it. So, I was out there in Abbey today, chatting with uh, Trent Call. No Travis Hamannick on Friday night. Couldn't really get a real answer why, but found it kind of interesting. Obviously, there's a bunch of things that people can assume on their own. I've already seen a lot of people assuming why, but... Uh, careful doing that, folks. <laughs> yeah, careful doing that. You don't want to get sued. Um <laughs> There are a lot of options why Hamannick might not be in the lineup. Let's list every single one. I'm just kidding. You know, he just might not be healthy enough to play. We don't know, though. Game. We don't know. It could be anything. Maybe just a little banged up, you know? Could be an arm injury or something. Shoulder, groin, lots of stuff can hurt. Uh, could keep Hamannick out of the lineup. But he might be back on Sunday. That's what Cole told me. So maybe we'll see him on Sunday. But other things out there, I find it like it's going to be interesting because today I'm watching warm up or game day skate. And first guy that or guy who didn't even see on the ice was Archer Seelove. So I'm wondering if he was off very early. And then Mikey stays super late to get work in. Has to make me assume that like Archer Seelove or Spencer Martin's getting the start tonight, right? Because you're a goalie guy. The goalie who stays on late for a lot of work with the guys. It's he doesn't normally get the start that night, right? No. Like here's the thing is, I think Seelove starts tonight, and I think the only way he starts on Sunday is if he gets a shutout. That's the rule. That's the goalie union. Even if rule. he lets in one, though, like letting in one goal in the AHL is basically a shutout. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but you still have Mikey. I think Mike. They're gonna want to play Mike DiPietro on Sunday. And people are like, people are down on the Abbotsford Canucks right now. The last two weekends, the team that the two teams that they've played, literally neither of those two teams has a regulation loss. So like, those are some really good teams. Ontario. And did Rain, you say they only lost to each other? Yeah, they overtime? have. They only have a so. Uh, Stockton has an overtime loss. They lost in overtime to Ontario and Ontario has a shootout loss and they lost in a shootout to Stockton. So those two teams have not lost in regulation. Uh, the Canucks are now playing the San Jose Barracuda, which great team name, I think in my eyes. Yeah. And they're, they're a team that they should beat. They should beat them in both these games. So we'll see what happens this weekend um, for them. Will Lockwood. Nice to get him back to a full week of practice. Got time to got to spend some time with his parents last weekend. He said, which was great. Um, he found a bass fishing spot too. So he's all excited about that. He's got his rods up here. Now he's ready to rock and roll and do some bass fishing in Abbotsford, which I didn't even know there was, but apparently there is. So good for him. He's going to be back in the lineup. And Cole was saying that uh, he just wants to get Lockwood out like all the time. Like, you know, man, I don't think Lockwood's far from the NHL. We, I think we've all seen that. I think if things start to go bad to here for the Vancouver Canucks, Lockwood should be a real quick call to say, you want a guy who's going to come into your lineup and, give a bleep, you know, he's, he's the right guy for the job. That, that would be someone who could fire up a fourth line. If you bring in a Lockwood and Tyler Mott on the same line, you're going to get some energy. You're going to get some give a damn meter from those two guys. So 
I'm excited to watch Lockwood get back into action here. Going to be at the game on Sunday to check that out. And um, I don't really have much more from Abitzer, but Zlodiev. I do. Yeah, Zlodiev playing with Russia uh, in the U20 team. Still on track to be with Russia at the World Juniors, I would assume. They're uh, they're playing playing in a, in a tournament right now, so it's good to see Zlodiev getting the opportunity to play with the U20 team for Russia, playing third-line center right now. And that's, that's kind of where I have him pegged to be uh, – at the World Juniors as well. I think he's a third or fourth line center, depending on where they want to play him in the lineup, if they really believe in his offense or not. But still, progressing towards being in the World Juniors, which is a good sign because the Canucks aren't going to have a lot of World Junior players this year. Unfortunately. So, that's all I really got for prospects, man. I don't know how much more I can go for this episode. It's been you a sad episode. I man. usually say, Chris, this has been a fun episode, as always. I had fun. I still, you know, I still find it fun to talk about this stuff. Yeah, but it wasn't very... Uh, you sounded really sad. Well, that's a thing. I was like, more I, fired up. And you were saying, like, you have apathy. I don't have it yet. I just... I still... I just... You know what I want? I want to see this team do well, and I want the best for Canucks fans because I want fans to actually care. And, you know, a little bit of a selfish reason because I'd like them to watch, listen to our podcast and read Canucks Army. And, and give a damn about the Canucks. Yeah, like, it's more fun to cover a winner than it is to cover a loser, but sure. I don't let myself get upset about it. That's yeah, it. well, it's not even that to me. It's just, like, it's fun to cover something that people care about. Like, listen, yeah. man, I could I could be going down right now and covering Junior B hockey, and I would be having, I could be having the best time of my life watching the Coquitlam Express. I'm sure they're, got, they're Junior A. Whatever. I'm sure they got a bunch of really cool stories going on. They do. Well, I could be, you know who I couldn't be covering? I heard this the other day. My Nanaimo Buccaneers. They're o seven. There's something like o seventeen and one. You covering this Canucks team is just. I used to, you cover, to cover the Nanaimo Buccaneers. Buccaneers back in the day. Mm. You know who I used to cover too? BCIHL, Vancouver That's Island right. Mariners. Yeah, I was on the broadcast team for that. So that was uh, that was a mess. Well, that was fun. But it was fun. I had fun. But you know what? No one gave a damn that I covered that team. No one cared that I covered the Vancouver Island University Mariners and the BCIHL. Vancouver Canucks people want to care about, but they're not doing themselves any favors of late, and they're not doing themselves any favors with Jim Benning over the past eight years. They haven't gained a lot of fans in the last eight years. That's a really as good an point. Owner, and the revenue and stuff too, right? We've as an owner, you think you would care a lot about gaining fans. It's lucky that the Vancouver can it like Vancouver, the number one sports thing, and nothing's even close to it. I'm sorry to the White Caps and the Lions and whatever else is going on here. Fraser Valley bandits. I'm just Vancouver Canucks are always going to be number one for uh, maybe not always, you know, like they're just right now. They have such a stranglehold on the sports community here in Vancouver that it's going to be really sad when people do start to check out because they've held like they've had, you know, since the CFL kind of died down and they're not going anywhere anytime soon, but it's it's going to be a sad day when people really just check out because people are checking out daily now in the Vancouver Canucks. And it'd be nice to see a change where people want to start to care about this team, but I don't think we're even close to that. It's a sad day. Sad day. Sad week. Sad eight years for the fan base. Really is. Seriously is. Like it the is, last yeah. eight years have been so sad for the fan base that it's like, what is there to hope for now? You have Elias Patterson. You have Quinn Hughes. Great. You got some superstars. Well, maybe you got some stars. They're not super right now. They're not super right now. That's well, Quinn Hughes is. Quinn Hughes is great. Yeah, Quinn Hughes is great. Really good, Is he actually. point per game still? Yeah, he is. Good for him. Good for Quinn Hughes. We're only happy for Quinn Hughes. I don't know. 
Vancouver Giants are fun to watch right now. Okay, we're going to wrap it up before you like start <laughs> crying on the podcast. All right, for Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?